All right, we're back. Sunday sit-down, ESPN New Hampshire. Big game today. Not really for the Patriots at 1 o'clock against the Rams. And Jeff Fisher, who got an extension today for some reason. Jeff Fisher deserves a two-year extension. Why would they do that? Why? I don't know, but this is this is the kind of day when the Jared Scaly, they're going to blow him out rule probably will go into effect. It's scary. And you say my last name wrong. Scally. <laughs> the intro's wrong, so I mean, you might as well say a, it wrong. That's too. what I get it from, the intro. <laughs> we got to keep the continuity here. No continuity. As long as that's Why the only thing. Why would we have continuity on this? Not a thing on this show. I'm just going to keep this up for us. Go, Ross. Oh, it's my jam. Works for the Facebook Live. The radio listeners, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I look at it as. I don't know why he got an extension. Why would why would they do why is Jeff why do they think why Jeff Fisher is a good coach? Head coaching job. Mediocrity is love. Dude, he's what are they right now? Four and seven and he took golf over Wentz? Like yeah. those two right there should be done. Pack I, your bags. I wish we had that clip of him from did you guys watch Hard Knocks this yes, year? Yes, when, when he, he was like, We are not gonna settle for seven and nine. We're not gonna settle for <laughs> eight and eight. We're not gonna settle for nine and seven. We're There's gonna settle for four and twelve. Team. Yeah, hey, he didn't he didn't rule out four and twelve. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. So maybe that's what he was going for. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are now joined by Mike Petralia, or Trags, better known, from WEI. Uh, Trags, wh- why would Jeff Fisher get an extension? That's a great question, and uh, certainly it's a question that's being bandied about down here in uh, Gillette Stadium in the press box. But it's convenience. It's, it's familiarity. Uh, it's the transition, and he's being rewarded, I guess, for the fact that uh, he's put up with a lot uh, of transition and instability in the organization since they moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles. That's the only thing I can come up with. And I, used, <laughs> uh, you know, you had me on hold. Was the other coach that you can't understand why he's still around is Marvin Lewis? Yeah. That's another good yeah. one. Yes, because <laughs> Marvin Lewis is just uh, as bad. As a Cincinnati native, that would be uh, my uh, fierce question. You know, my uh, question that I wonder all the time is why does Marvin Lewis stick around? But he's probably going to move upstairs. Maybe uh, they want to keep just. Jeff Fisher and the organization to do likewise. I have no idea. So it's just guesswork at this point. And certain owners have their people, and Jeff Fisher is um, certainly uh, somebody Stan Greinke is uh, familiar with and comfortable with in L.A. Certain owners just don't like to win. That's very true. <laughs> comfortable with 4-12. and 12. That's the way it looks like. Um, Drags, what do you make of the Gronk situation? Obviously now we know he's out for the year. Um, what does this do for the Patriots? Um, can they still win without him? Just kind of what is your what were your overall reactions to this team once we heard the news? So the way I break it down is uh, the regular season and the postseason. I think the Patriots are going to be able to find ways to win uh, against the teams they have left on the schedule and win in the regular season. Uh, but come postseason, when there's even more focus uh, on game planning and focus on taking away uh, certain players, that's when I think the Patriots. Uh, might struggle. They are one and two in playoff games without Gronkowski, and uh, obviously they're going to get to the playoffs this year and have to find a way to win a game again without Rob Gronkowski on the field. I think they can. I think they have um, much more versatile receivers this year with the addition of Chris Hogan and uh, rookie Malcolm Mitchell. I think they're in a much better position uh, and much more suited to handling life without Gronk than they were perhaps last year, and obviously now with Martellus Bennett also in the picture, that helps as well. Uh, but uh, obviously it's a big loss, and, and it's Tom Brady's binky, it's Tom Brady's favorite target uh, in the passing game, and what Gronk can do, uh, not only getting open, but obviously what he can do after the catch is a big part of Gronkowski's game. And uh, they also miss him in the run-blocking uh, game. Uh, that's 
you know, something that I don't think has been talked about a lot right now, and that is how are they going to, um, you know, make do in, in the running game without Gronkowski? Because when you have Gronkowski on the field lining up on the edge, you have to, you know, he's a double threat. He obviously can break from the line of scrimmage. He's a triple threat. He can break from the line of scrimmage, catch the ball. He can drop back and pass protection. He can stay in and pass protect, or he can run block. Those are three different things he can do on any particular play, and uh, teams don't have to prepare for that anymore. So, in the news this week, the Patriots gave Marcus Cannon a five-year, $32 million contract extension, uh, which a lot of us, you know, was mixed emotions at this table right now on that contract. I kind of just wanted to get your take on that. And with people getting contract extensions, I heard they might want to lock up Martellus Bennett, making him a priority. I haven't heard anything about Dante Hightower, and I'm kind of getting concerned. How do you feel about that? Okay, so Dante Hightower is a more complicated case. And I think that the reason you, you get a contract done at this part of the season uh, is the other, both parties are willing to get a deal done. And I think certainly Marcus Cannon is familiar with the Patriots, and the Patriots are very comfortable uh, with the progress Marcus Cannon has made over his career. They think he's taking, taking um, huge steps forward in the last couple of years. Uh, every offensive lineman, especially every offensive tackle, is going to get beat here and then. And it's going to happen two to three or four times. In a game, you don't want it to happen, but you know when you're facing you know the league's best pass rushers, um, you're going to get beat a couple of times. We see it with Nate Solder as well, um, but there's nobody saying that he's not a starting tackle um, in the NFL. There's nobody saying you know Tom Brady's not saying that he, he wouldn't uh, want to have Nate Solder out there. I think he would, uh, but uh, with Marcus Cannon, you're looking at a, a an offensive lineman uh, who knows the system. Patriots are very comfortable with him, uh, and it's easier to get a deal done with a guy like Marcus Cannon than it is Dante Hightower. Sure, sure. Hightower is going to command uh, top-tier money uh, to get a contract extension and stay in New England, and that's going to be a more complicated process to iron out, and that's why, uh, long story short, um, I've gone on for quite a while here, but that's why um, Marcus Cannon gets done before uh, Dante Hightower. Do you think that the fact that they traded Jamie Collins that gives Dante Hightower more contract negotiation um, room to work with? Like, hey, I'm the only linebacker you have. I have, you know, the powers in his court now to demand more money and, you know, reasonably get it. Certainly, his agent's going to make that case, and uh, uh, I would expect that to be the case. Uh, absolutely, uh, that uh, the leverage that uh, Dante Hightower has um, has taken a step up uh, after the in, in the wake of the. Um, not only the Jamie Collins trade, but the benching of uh, Jamal Sheard, who's played a little bit better since uh, coming back. I thought he played okay last week against the Jets, but when you take those two things into consideration, certainly it gives uh, Dante Hightower more leverage at the bargaining table. Hey, Trags, so clearly now that Gronk is out for most likely the entire season, maybe the Super Bowl, if that's a thing. Oh, he's out. Uh, he's on IR. He's out. He's, he's, he's completely done. Okay. So with him being completely out now, uh, Martellus Bennett's clearly going to be in the works to be the, the one of the top receivers in the offense, but he's been hobbled by an ankle injury over the past few weeks now. How do you see them using him today against a pretty weak L.A. Rams team? Uh, say that again. I'm sorry. I got uh, cut off here. I was I was asking about Martellus Bennett. He's been hobbled by an ankle injury. Uh, he went down last week, came back in the game, but wasn't utilized as much as he usually is. Uh, how do you think they use him today against a pretty weak L.A. Rams team? 
Well, uh, I think they use them on third down quite a bit. Uh, I think they'll use them in certain situations that Rob Gronkowski would be used in, but not all of them. Uh, certainly on third down, they would. I would think look to Martellus Bennett if it's third and five or any longer than that. He is certainly an option uh, in the passing game. Uh, and I would also expect him to uh, help uh, with the running game, um, but I don't think they're going to use him as much um, to substitute for Rob Gronkowski as you might think. I think they're going to go in other ways, other options, and I think with um, the St. Louis Rams, the L.A. Rams being as depleted as they are defensively, uh, they will not have Robert Quinn, a pass rusher, today. I think that um, gives the, the Patriots some added options in their offense. Drags, the Patriots are favored by like 12.5 points. I think it is right now. 13, 13, 13 now. Yep. Um, what would it take for the Patriots to lose this game today? <laughs> Turnovers and uh, the Rams playing ball control and Jared Goff, uh, the number one overall uh, draft pick last uh, April, really playing the game of his early young career. That's what it would take. And uh, I just don't see that happening. I mean, God, no. you know, obviously the, the Rams have the ability to get after the quarterback, and they could do that. And they do have some uh, big weapons uh, down the field, one of which actually may not play today, Tavon Austin. Um, but uh, they have Kenny Britt still. And. Um, you know, I, I just don't – and then they have Todd Gurley, who has really fallen off this year in terms of running production. Uh, I just – the Rams would have to play the perfect game, and a lot of fluky things would have to happen uh, to the Patriots for the Rams to even have a prayer in this game. What do you make of Jared Goff? Obviously, it took him a little while to let him actually play uh, yeah. with Case Keenum in there, but what do you make of Jared Goff? What can we expect to watch tonight? Because a lot of Patriots fans don't get the chance to watch him too often and the Rams too often, so what can we expect to see? A lot of strong arm uh, throws down the field. I think uh, that you know Jared Goff, if, if he gets any type of protect, protection today, is going to look to go vertical uh, against the Patriots simply because that's one of the weaknesses um, you know we've seen in the Patriots defense is their secondary, um, and going vertical doesn't always mean going completely over the top and beyond the safety. Sometimes it means finding vertical routes uh, in you know intermediate routes like. 15, 20 yards down the field, and that's where I think uh, Jared Goff is what he's going to look to do today against the Patriots' defense. Hey, so Malcolm Mitchell has scored three touchdowns in the past two games. He scored his first career touchdown uh, against the San Francisco 49ers uh, a couple weeks back. Do you think this production is going to keep up for him? Because I'm very intrigued by this player. I liked what I saw from him in the preseason, and I was thinking that he was going to get his first touchdown games before San Francisco, but right now he's looking hot. Do you think this is going to continue? I don't see why it wouldn't. I think the Patriots really like him. I think you know, he is a rare case where uh, Tom Brady trusts a rookie receiver. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell has shown the ability to pick things up and work very hard in the film room. I wouldn't see why Malcolm Mitchell doesn't uh, keep making progress and keep uh, uh, being a very big part of what the Patriots do offensively, especially on the perimeter. Like I said earlier, uh, Patriots have uh, really revamped it. I think done a really good job of revamping um, their passing game. Malcolm Mitchell, Chris Hogan, and Martellus Bennett. Mick Mitchell's been a big part of that, and I would expect that to continue. Jags, one more question before we let you go here. Um, one guy that we've watched over the last couple of weeks here is Deion Lewis. Obviously, big anticipation with him coming back. Looks pretty comfortable. What have you seen from him? Obviously, he's going to have high hopes now as we move forward here. Going to become more of a more part of this offense. 
I think he's going to become more a bigger factor, actually, in the red zone. I wrote about this last night um, leading into today, and that is uh, he's already got three uh, we got three touches last week in the red zone as a running back and one target in the red zone as a receiver. And uh, the Patriots feel that his ability to make people miss is just about back to where it was before his ACL uh, last November against Washington. So uh, I would expect bigger and bigger things and more of a role from Deion Lewis going forward. All right, Travis, we'll let you go. Uh, enjoy the game and appreciate the time. Sounds good, guys. I'll talk to you. Thank you. Mike Petralia, Trags, that is, on Twitter, at Trags, literally, it's all it is, at yeah. T-R-A-G-S, Trags, uh, good work, love his work for EI, he covers everything, um, wanted to take the Patriots, but he, he was, does cover the Celtics as well. When I call, when I had to call him in there, he's like, you guys keep calling me, you keep, you know, harassing me, what's going on? I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> it's like, I'm just, I'm just busting your balls, I was like, oh, wow, I was gonna say, this, this interview was going to be really awkward, <laughs> if that's how you really felt about that. <laughs> He seemed pretty chill during this. So yeah, I know. I know. I thought you were serious for a second. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, I would no. never would have guessed. No, it was hilarious. Oh, man. All right, we're going to take a break here when we come back. Uh, well, who knows what we'll talk about? We'll, we'll be back. Sunny sit down, ESPN New Hampshire.